By now, you've all heard of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0, the latest book published by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. It's more than just another wine book. The fully updated second edition was inspired by students of the Vinitali International Academy and painstakingly reviewed and revised by an expert panel of certified Italian wine ambassadors from across the globe. The book also includes an edition by Professore Attilio Scienza, Italy's leading vine geneticist. The benchmark producer's feature is a particularly important aspect of this revised edition. The selection makes it easier for our readers to get their hands on a bottle of wine that truly represents a particular grape or region. To pick up a copy, just head to Amazon.com or visit us at MamaJumboShrimp.com. Welcome to The Next Generation. I'm Victoria Chancha. Join me as we chat with young Italian wine people shaking up the wine scene. We're going to geek out on a grape or grape fam and then hear about all the wild wine things our guests have been up to, from vineyard experiments to their favorite wine bars. Hey guys, it's me, and you're tuning into another episode of The Next Generation, and we are back on the uh, Vernaccio train. I'm actually not sipping wine right now, which is a terrible idea, I should be. I hope you are, though. So. Today we have the wonderful Lauri coming on. She is a student for VIA, the Vinitali International Academy. And she's also a wonderful wine influencer. I don't like the word influencer. It bothers me, personal opinion. However, that's the best word to describe her presence on, on social media. She has amazing content, which you can get those details at the bottom in the bio, whether you're streaming from Spotify or Apple Music or what have you. I'm a Spotify gal, but regardless. But before we get to Lauri, who is a native of Corsica, we are going to talk a bit uh, about a Sardinian grape varietal, because Corsica is in France. Yes, very good, very good. So we're going to go south to the island, just south of it, Sardinia, which is part of Italy, because... I want to keep it as close to home for Lauri um, in my little great description choices. Um, so staying with Veronaccia, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Veronaccia di Oristano. And Veronaccia di Oristano is a really, really special grape. It also produces the Veronaccia di Oristano DOC wines, which are very, very unique and very similar to a Spanish wine that's very famous called Sherry. And you may be going, and why is that? It all comes down to the wine production. The grapes in those two wines are very different. Here we're dealing with a monovarietal wine made from the Veronaccio di Oristano grape. So going into the facts about this grape baby. Okay, it's from Sardinia. I already told you that. It has the same name as its denomination. So Veronaccio di Oristano, DOC Veronaccio di Oristano is the great kind of like Veronaccio di San Gimignano from a previous episode. Hope you tuned in for that. There aren't a ton of plantings for this grape. Uh, however, we have a pretty nice age range for the vines and even older, actually pretty awesome, 30 to 50 years or several over 50 years old. So established grape wines producing top quality grapes. The wine styles can range from dry to table wine to fortified versions, either dry or sweet, uh, leading into that whole similar to sherry discussion. So the most interesting thing is these wines are aged in barrels that aren't completely full, 
right? So talking, making the reference to sherry, we're talking about oxidative wines. Now, Vernaccia di Oristano is not typically fortified, like sherry, but it is produced in that same method where the barrels are kind of almost like filled, I think it's like 90%. And because of that oxygen, the yeast babies, they, you know, they need oxygen to survive. So they go to the top and they produce this layer of floor, kind of like protects and and, and uh, it helps develop those really complex oxidative notes in the wine. So Veranaccio di Oristano typically has this flavor of bitter almond, dried apricots, uh, orange rind, uh, hazelnuts, flowers, even herbs. These oxidative wines that Veranaccio di Oristano produces are considered one of the greatest white wines, actually, even though the production is very limited. And I've heard great stories. We had a, a Gita Scolastica with uh, the Venetian Academy uh, that went to Sardinia, I believe, a year or so ago, and they got to have an amazing tasting and visit wineries in this in this DOC, this denomination, and I heard it was phenomenal. So on that note, we are going to bring on our guest who is from the island north of Vernaccio di Orisano's home, uh, Corsica, and let's have her on. And here she is. Ciao, Lauri. Welcome to the podcast, The Next Generation. How are you? Fine, thanks. How are you? I am doing well. It's a beautiful day in Verona, so I can't complain. Um, the sun is shining. Nice. How about yourself? Where are you? I- I'm in Bonn, in Germany, and the sun is mm, quite shiny here. It's not uh, here often, but I can't complain. <laughs> I'm good. Okay, we'll try to bring this sunshine in with this conversation. But so tell us a little bit about yourself. We want to get to know you a bit and then also want to know why you love Italian wine. So I'm from Corsica. So currently I live in, in Bonn in Germany, but I'm based based in uh, in Toulouse in France. And uh, yeah, I mean, from Corsica, I had a huge influence from uh, Italian wines uh, as French, French wines as well, of course. And I grew up with a dad uh, with uh, with a, a wine lover, so I always grew up with a lot of wine around me. Good food always it was really important in my family. And when I was a kid, actually, my dad used to tell me to uh, to make a kiss to the wine, to kiss the wine, just to taste it without drinking it. So, I mean, it was part of my life since forever. It seems like, and then I. I went to, because I was a physiotherapist before, and I went to New Zealand to, because I I knew physiotherapist wasn't meant for me, and uh, I decided to change career. And in New Zealand, it was like a revelation, and I decided to go into the wine industry. Super cool. I love what you said about your father with the, to kiss the wine. That's so precious. <laughs> and so you, you grew up in Corsica. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, In the north part near Bastia. Wow, Corsica. I've never been to Corsica. I've been to Sardinia, but I can only imagine how beautiful it is to grow up there. Oh, you have to go there. It's, uh, I cannot be objective, of course, but uh, I mean, it's an uh, amazing island and the mountains are higher than in Sardinia. Ah, what, and what is one thing you miss the most about Corsica? One thing? Oh, first, my family. <laughs> but Of course, uh, that's a given. Sorry. Okay, besides your family. <laughs> <laughs> I think the wines from there because I'm pretty in love with uh, with the wines we produce there and uh, the food. I mean, we have some specialties that we cannot uh, ever find anywhere else. So I think that. And the perfect combination between mountains and beaches. I mean, good food, good wine, mountains, beaches. You can ski and go to the beach. It's perfect. <laughs> 
Uh, it's a it's a dream. Wait, I know this is the Italian wine podcast, but could you tell us a little bit more about the the special dishes? Like, what's your favorite dish from Corsica? From Corsica, something I always eat when I come back. Uh, it's uh, called miacciol, and it's it's a bit like um, sort of pancakes, but salted pancakes between crepe and pancakes with cheese, really fresh cheese inside called brochu. We are really a speciality from Corsica. And it's really simple, but my God, I love this. And the charcuterie from Corsica as well is amazing. Oh my gosh. I can't pronounce whatever you just said, but it sounds absolutely divine. <laughs> I'm going... And the thing is... Sorry, my dad is a, is a vet, he's a veterinarian, so he's, he used to take care of the, all the animals, so we all have, we always have like the perfect products, you know, from artisan production, and so yeah, I'm used to good stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, you're blessed. That just sounds fantastic. I can imagine that <laughs> childhood just... <laughs> it, I'm I'm from a very industrial place, so I had a great childhood, don't get me wrong. I'm from New Jersey. In the States. Jersey, okay. Yeah, it's uh, called the Garden State, but from where I'm from, it's more like the industrial state. But no shade on New Jersey. I love New Jersey in its own way, but it's not Corsica. We, we don't, we have, we have water. We have the Hudson River. We don't have the Mediterranean Sea, <laughs> but you have New York close, so very interesting. Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, we have New York. It's like, it's, I, won't, I won't fight against that, but very different. Um, amazing. And so how did you, you fall in love with Italian wine? Again, I know Corsica is very close to Italy, but uh, you could have so easily just kept in the French territory. <laughs> yeah, but I don't like when it's too easy, you, you know. <laughs> no, but it's just like, I don't know. I, I really love the diversity of the different grapes you can find in Italy and, uh, and the fact that all regions are producing wines and with such character. And I mean, what is it that you cannot fall in, fall in love with in Italy? And the food culture is perfect and the pairings. I, yeah, everything is perfect about Italian wines and the culture. And maybe the fact also that it's, it's not, in, I, don't, I would not say it's in the shadow of French wine, it's just that French wine on the international scene is so present and sometimes we forget about amazing projects you have in Italy and often for very, very fair prices. Absolutely. I mean, the country, Italy being the country with the most great varieties um, in the world, it's, it's, you're, you're never bored and there's always something to to find and to be surprised by. Yeah, it's so exciting. Um, yeah, never. not to say French wines aren't exciting, but I think Italian wines are more exciting. But, you know, not trying to start that war. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can. <laughs> but on that note, I wanted to ask you, if you were an Italian grape, which one would you be and why? Hmm, tricky question. I think I could choose um, Sangiovese. Because mainly because in Corsica, in the north part, we have this uh, grape called Nieluccio, that is basically the same grape. It's Sangiovese actually. And what I love about this grape, it's it's kind of the parent of many other nati native Italian grapes. So I like if I was a grape being like a, at the beginning of a, a great and long story. I think absolutely. Yeah. So you feel like you're like 
an old soul. Like you are really connected with different parts of history, kind of. I like. I would like to to sing to sing that. Yeah. Cool. I like that. The San Giovese kind of absolutely no and I mean how can you not love San Giovese that's another thing about San Giovese is it finds its way into everyone's life I feel like yeah I agree it's very friendly totally but it can also be very mysterious <laughs> I will call it Nielucho for me it's always Nielucho first <laughs> Nielucho. okay sorry it's like in America we say potato potato I would say San Giovese Nielucho <laughs> so when did this, when did, um, so I'm going to assume you've been studying, right, for VIA? Yeah, 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 of course. I will be very, very late, as always. <laughs> Drinking a lot of Nilucho and studying. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have to practice, I mean. <laughs> Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local food, and taking in the scenery. Now back to the show. Of course, of course, just you, have, you really got to smell and drink all the wine. But it is true. That is something that's funny is it's, of course, not that you have to drink in volumes, but the only way that you get better, like you're learning about Italian wine is actually drinking it and sharing it, um, which you'll be doing a lot of when you're here in Verona in just a week or so. Oh, in a week, actually. Via starts in a week. Jeez, the days are flying by. I cannot, I, I can't time is not is of it's not of the essence for me anyways um so well, i would think i will never feel ready because there's so many informations i i know i was about to ask you what are your expectations for the course and how you feel but i guess i already sense there's a <laughs> a bit of nerves coming on of course yeah first i hope to pass <laughs> and uh yeah this is the first expectation and if I do, uh, uh, actually, I would like to uh, develop a little bit more uh, my activity as a, a wine educator. And I mean, being so fond of Italian wines, it seemed um, kind of logical to dig deeper into this topic after my WSET diploma and try to specialize uh, in this. And yeah, I hope to uh, talk about Italian wines with uh, students in the future. Amazing. So what is your you know, what is the way you feel that you can make Italian wine more sexy, if it's not sexy already, for the next generation, for younger wine drinkers to be like, yes, Italian wine? Um, I, I, will, I will use my um, Instagram account, uh, as I already do, like <laughs> um, writing testing notes on me, on my skin, <laughs> to, uh, to, to try to... Um, to have like tasting notes accessible for everybody and not just um, always talking about uh, wine in a way too serious way and continue to do this um, short video I do, uh, the reels to to try to have fun with wine. I mean, I want for the next generation to not consider wine as a snobby thing and just something you have to enjoy and to you share this and you, you have a good time and uh, yeah. Never, never be afraid to to be ridiculous by saying the wrong thing because we we are wrong. We are all wrong all the time, and we can make mistakes, and it's not a problem. 
And I mean, you just have to enjoy it. Absolutely. And oh my gosh, now I realize, I think I've seen your Instagram before. Are you, you have, you do the things where you like write things on your arm? Exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so badass. It's so cool. I was just thinking, I was like, you said your Instagram and I was like, your name. I was like, why does that sound so familiar? Oh, what inspired that? It's so cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. So do you, wait, so do you, do you use, well, first of all, my question is because this has always been my question since I was a kid. And every time I'd write on myself and people would be like, you shouldn't write on your skin. Do you use a special kind of pen? Uh, actually, yeah, I use makeup. I use uh, an eyeliner. Ah, see, that's what you do because that makes a lot more sense now because I was just like, yeah. oh, okay, that's oh, so cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, check out everyone. I mean, your details will be in the um, the bio of whatever platform people are listening on right now, but go check out Laudi's Instagram. It is freaking cool. It's really unique um, and hilarious and all the good things. Uh, I should have said that first. (laughs) It just like hit me, my afternoon brain. But okay, cool. Well, so we see you have a lot of fun on Instagram, but what's the behind the scenes look like? Like, what do you do for fun in Toulouse? Oh, um, well, I drink wine and I eat good food. (laughs) No, but... Are you based in Bonn? Or Toulouse? No, I'm, be- I'm based in Toulouse. Like, I'm just here in Bonn for a couple of months because my my partner has a job here, but we're based in Toulouse. Okay, got it. No, but I like to, I like sport as well. I like to to go see a match of rugby, for example, and I like to practice sport, and I run a lot, actually. And I mean, you know, you have to compensate all the drinking and all the eating parts, so sporties <laughs> obviously needed absolutely no i i like to run too i used to hate running i used to be like the fact that i run now everyone's like you you run but it's the best especially now the weather's getting nicer and it gets out all the alcohol and all your demons as i say like all your <laughs> <laughs> totally. but i'm running i mean i love it like and when i'm in a new city to visit a little, a little bit of the city um by running and just you're like not thinking and yeah run for me it's a good uh it's a really good way to uh to have fun awesome yeah it's a, you have to get that fresh air like i feel like for me when you can work out outside it's just the best yeah it's like drinking outside it just makes experience a million times better totally agree just gonna say i just had a random idea what would be your ideal Italian wine to drink outside in the summer. I know there's a lot, but your favorite it's in the daytime, like a nice breezy summer day. I think I once again I'm influenced by my more Corsican roots, and uh, I could choose a, a good saline uh, Valentino. I knew you were gonna like say that. Uh, the good salinity <laughs> and good seafood. I mean. Maybe to start, you know, in the late afternoon, you start with a good glass of Valentino, maybe from Liguria, Cinque Terre, or, or Corsican. I mean, we can uh, we can switch to Corsica if you insist. If you insist. <laughs> uh, and then we will go with us, um, good Nebbiolo from Piemonte with a good truffle. When, you know, the sun is uh, is going down and, uh, and then uh, you have these cool breezes from the summer. Yeah, I think it would be my perfect time outside. Mm, some nice summer truffles. Um, that's that's very luxurious and very very ah i can't wait for summer summer is my favorite um so to wrap this up speaking of food you just gave us really great food and wine pairings already um but do you have like an all-time 
favorite or like a memory of a f- amazing food, Italian food and wine pairing that you want to share with us? Uh, I think I will just choose one uh, that was not uh, that long time ago. I was in Naples uh, eating pff, amazing pizza, of course. Uh, and in Napoli, this, the, to have like a um, skin macerated uh, wine from Friuli, actually, with the pizza. For me, it worked totally. It was amazing with the mozzarella fresca. Mm. It was perfect. And it was a uh, Rivola Gialla from uh, Gravner. And it worked very well. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. That sounds great. Yeah. I don't want pizza. <laughs> uh, that's a great... I love the pairing of like a bit of like, you know, north and south, taking the two and just making a lovely little flavor explosion of food and wine. Yeah, I think uh, you, can, you can have good marriages between North and South. Ah, <laughs> now that's another topic. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, uh, well, thank you so much, Laudi, for coming on the podcast. Thanks to you for the invitation. I was really happy to participate. Absolutely. And we so look forward to having you in just a week, in exactly a week. Um, and getting to meet you in person would be super fun. Uh, it's going to be... S- yeah, me too. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. I, I would like to have one month more to study more, but <laughs> I'm really excited. Uh, wouldn't we all? I Yeah, there's a reason I didn't do VIA this year myself. <laughs> but um, cool. Well, I wish you a blissful day. And hopefully you're drinking something lovely later or now. Who knows? Uh, I have um, a Pinot Grigio from Foradori in the fridge. <laughs> I think oh, this is okay. what I will have tonight. <laughs> Fantastic. And also supporting the amazing Italian woman in wine. Love it. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Lauri. I can't wait to meet you and we will talk soon. Thanks. See you soon. Right. Ciao. Ciao. As always, a big grazie for hanging out with me today. Remember, you can catch me every Sunday on the Italian Wine Podcast, available anywhere you can get your pods.